Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup, research published between the 9th and 15th of January 2024. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the ME Association. There have been four new MECFS studies this week and 28 new long COVID studies. We have highlighted one of the MECFS studies in more detail. Paper 1 looks at the metabolic and immune alterations of long COVID patients meeting the classification criteria for MECFS due to a proportion of long COVID patients having symptoms which meet the diagnosis criteria for MECFS. This was primarily a metabolic study which are large-scale comprehensive measurements of low-weight small molecules and metabolites within a biological specimen. These types of study are high output with a large amount of data being collected and heavily rely on statistical tests to find differences. More information about metabolomics can be found on the Medical Matters section of our website. As well as using a laboratory analysis of blood samples, this study also used questionnaires such as the Deepool symptom questionnaires and the functional assessment of chronic illness therapy fatigue scale to determine symptom severity. The research included 60 PCR-confirmed COVID patients plus healthy controls and split these into four groups. Patients with long COVID exhibiting MECFS symptoms, this had 30 patients. Patients recovered from COVID without any long-lasting symptoms with 15 patients. Patients with an acute COVID-19 infection at the time, but this was in 15 patients, and healthy controls which had not been exposed to COVID-19, again another 15 patients. The results identified a range of alterations in the metabolic pathways in the long COVID groups compared to the other three groups, and these metabolic abnormalities were found to persist 12 months after the acute infection. The study also highlighted the fact that long COVID disproportionately affects females more than males, with nearly 70% of long COVID patients in the study being female. There is a lot of detail given about the specific metabolic alterations in the study. Some of the details include a total of 2,584 metabolites were identified in the plasma samples. The long COVID group differed in its plasma metabolomics compared to the recovered and healthy control groups. The recovered groups also differed in their metabolic profile than the healthy controls. Compared to healthy controls, 18 pathways were significantly altered in long COVID patients. These alterations in the metabolic pathways resulted in a significant decline in levels such as aspartate, serine, sarcosine and arginine, with other metabolites showing a significant increase. A significant elevation in plasma pro-inflammatory biomarkers which are the cytokines and alter antibodies such as IL-1A, IL-6, TNFA, FLT1, SCD14, but there was also a reduction in ATP in non-COVID patients compared to controls and the recovered group. The results suggest that long COVID severely affects the function of different organs which could result in delayed tissue repair following infection. Metabolomic alterations can also be found in the recovered group 12 months after the acute infections. This means that the metabolomic recovery period for infected individuals with COVID-19 is long-lasting. A significant reduction in sarcosine and serine concentrations in long COVID patients was found, which is also inversely correlated with depression, anxiety and cognitive dysfunction scores. 
The authors therefore suggest that sarcosine and serine supplementation might have potential therapeutic implications in long COVID patients. The authors also note that correlation between their findings and previous MECFS research, such as a reduction in glutamine and orthoine plasma levels, which suggest a disturbance in the amino acid and nitrogen metabolism as previously reported in MECFS. The biggest drawback of this research is that despite the link between MECFS and long COVID being highlighted in this paper, an MECFS group was not included for comparison. Other limitations include this was a single centred study, i.e. just one location, collection of samples at just one point, so we do not know how the metabolites vary over time. All patients were infected with a Wuhan strain, so we do not know how the results would differ with other COVID strains. Furthermore, metabolic analysis was restricted and did not include lipids which would allow a more detailed picture. Overall, this is a very comprehensive study. Metabolic studies like this give a lot of data which help to reveal metabolic alterations which could be fundamental to the disease course. We need more studies like this to understand disease mechanisms, help identify biomarkers and point to treatments that can compensate for alterations found. You may also be interested in reading paper 2 this week in the long COVID reference section, which is on the use of amantadine for post-COVID-19 fatigue, and Dr Charles Shepard has provided a comment on this study which can be found on our website. Thank you for listening to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup. I shall be back next week with the next instalment.